The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch Jesus, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the dominion of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for so that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. I am not feeling it. I'm not feeling blessed. I know we usually talk that way, how much God has blessed us, hashtag blessed, how blessed we are to have so much, how blessed we are to have more than we could ever need. And I blame my funk today on the gospel writer Luke and today's gospel. Now, unlike the Sermon on the Mount, in Luke, Jesus speaks from a plane, a level plane, and he levels with us, that's for sure. Maybe you've heard it too many times, or maybe you've heard Matthew's version, but this should make us uncomfortable. Blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are hungry. Blessed are you who weep. Blessed are you who are hated. Hate? Hated and excluded. Now, material abundance. Material abundance then, in Jesus' time and now, is most often seen as a sign of God's blessing. But the Jesus in Luke... The Jesus in Luke is always on the side of the poor and the marginalized and the brokenhearted. It's in Luke that Mary sings of the lowly lifted up with the rich sent away empty. And it's in Luke that we are warned against storing up treasures but not being rich toward God. Catholic social teaching 
talks about God's preferential option for the poor. If God is particularly close to those in need, social justice becomes our calling. But how are the poor blessed? That's still my question. No question, we've met people that haven't had much, who have been sometimes the most generous and the most grateful people. They have a lot to teach us. But poverty can suck. And let's not glorify being poor. Now, maybe I'm not feeling it right now because I'd rather have Matthew's version of the Beatitudes because you get a few more key words. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, I could go for that. (laughs) After all, despite all the stuff we have, we are still spiritually empty Or as one New Testament scholar puts it, we are afflicted with affluenza, the disease of consumption and consumerism. So we watch ourselves on Netflix as Marie Kondo encourages us to tidy up, get rid of clutter, and then choose joy. But back to Luke and my funk. It's not just that the poor get the blessing, it's that we get the so-called woes. Woe to the rich. Woe to the full. Woe to the hungry. Woe to the admired. Now, politicians don't win with this kind of platform. Occasionally, politicians will talk about the middle class and the working class, but advocacy on behalf of the poor? And a church isn't going to grow on the north side of Chicago right here in Lakeview, if I tell you that your riches, your money, your investments, your savings aren't your blessing, but your woe, woe to that is what I say. (laughs) Why? Because, Because I'm rich. I don't want to use that word because there are oodles of people richer than I. I don't even want to say it. And I'm sure you could agree with me. But let's level with each other. In all the world's history and across the globe today, the vast majority of us here are all rich. So what should we do? Voluntarily become homeless? Wallow in guilt? That's... That's theologically crazy, too. Surely God desires humankind to flourish, to delight in the gifts of life, to experience health and wholeness. That is Jesus' mission. Of course, of course, maybe one thing we could do is just give more away, give more money away. And that's true, and I'd love you to do that, not only for this church, but for your own other places you support. But that. This gospel is not about that. That's Matthew 25, doing it to the least of these. And before we give generously to assuage our liberal guilt, we should remember the words of St. Ambrose in the 4th century. You are not making a gift of yours to the poor. 
You are giving back to them what is theirs. The earth belongs to everyone, not just the rich. The thing is, those without much, the poor, need God. I don't know if I need God in that way. And am I surprised that so many churches in North America are becoming emptier? Because most of us aren't desperate for God. We've got comfortable lives. I've got health and health insurance and a warm house to go home to. I'm not in dire need of anything, really. So blessed are the poor, I guess. At a moment like this, I want to phone a friend. And I want to check in with two of the other readings today. Because the great thing about the Bible and the great thing about our Sunday lectionary is that we set passages next to one another. And we've got other beatitudes today. Did you hear them? Other blessings. From Jeremiah, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. And from Psalm 1, happy are those whose delight is in the law, that is, the teaching of the Lord. So when we can't save the world, and when we can't end poverty, when we shake our head reading the newspaper and wonder, what should we do? We turn again to God's promise. In fact, we become like a tree planted by streams of water, as we heard in Jeremiah. For us, that is baptismal water that God desires that all creation flourishes, both rich and poor. This kind of flourishing cannot be bought. This kind of flourishing cannot be sold. We sing a lot of different kinds of music in this church. Our hymnal has a lot of different styles, different ethnic music, music and hymns from today, and this service is filled with a lot of them. But the hymn that we will next, next sing is what is called a classic Lutheran chorale. It's like this part of our Lutheran identity. And there's a line in it that says, you feed the hungry in your compassion. Healing and life flow from your tree. Happy are those who hope in God, whose, whose grace is rich and deep and broad. Without this gift, without this blessing, all of us on earth are like a parched tree. There's no relief in the desert. And is there any woe worse than that? Think of the ways that we are formed by the media, by the press, by advertisers. That's how we pick up our economic and political values. I am so thankful that our denomination, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, has a social statement that addresses what we're talking about today. It's called Sufficient, Sustainable Livelihood for All. There's wisdom for us there. Wisdom about God's dream that all should flourish because I'm beginning to feel it now. The good news that this blessing is not just for me, but for all. And I want to share a couple cool nuggets from this ELCA social statement. The world, 
The world says that autonomy and self-sufficiency are everything. We confess that we depend on God and are interdependent with one another. The world says that succeeding and making something of ourselves is the key to economic success. We confess that we find our ultimate worth through God's grace and not what we do. The world encourages us, encourages us to let the market economy define us by what we buy. We confess that what we want isn't always what we need for the sake of life. Whoa. The world promotes a market economy that wants us to only look out for ourselves. We acknowledge that we also seek our neighbor's good. The world often promotes an attitude, attitude of scarcity that there's not enough. We affirm that God promotes and promises a world where there is enough for everyone as we share what God has given for the sake of all. The blessing is for me. The blessing is for you. The blessing is for those who are poor and in need. The blessing is for all earth creatures, animals, plants, and human beings. But it comes with a call. It comes with a challenge. It comes with an opportunity to respond. Because even though we have so much, our hearts are still hungry for the fullness that comes from God alone. So, dear friends, live by the baptismal stream of God's abundance. Come to this table where there is enough for all, and then feel it. Feel that blessing wash over not only you, but everyone.